0: 10. The number one contender for Night of Champions has been set. Hello, my name is Matt Mayer aka Imp and we are live here on LOP Radio YouTube and also up later in podcast form. Links in the description or head on over to WrestlingHeadlines.net for all your latest wrestling news and all the different links here for LOP Radio. Don't know why I forgot the name of the bloody thing i Also if you want to support LOP Radio you can over on Red Circle currently. We're thinking of trying to set up other ways to help with that. But currently you just go to Red Circle and you can click on donations there if you want to help us out or not. doesn't. If you engage with us, that's happy enough for us. But if you do feel the desire to donate more just to help us out, then you can do so there. Anyway, I keep forgetting to plug stuff. I'm awful at self-emotion. Also, before I get into stuff as well, uh, Maple Leaf Wrestling History as well, uh, going into a deep dive into Canadian wrestling history. A new series here on Laws of Pain Radio has also been uploaded onto the Laws of Pain website for the first time. There is already a little bit of an archive on LOP Radio itself. So if you want to, go over there to get a history of that. uh, I guess the closest I will align it to is WWF Legacy Series, but with... jokes. (laughs) jokes. <laughs> that's harsh on the legacy series. <laughs> Mystic puts a lot of work into making that humorous so it of Um flow. But I guess more interjected into the format is a better way to put it. <laughs> so anyway, if you want to uh, go check that out, uh, especially if you're Canadian, would highly recommend it if you're Canadian. Uh, anyway, yeah, a big viewership by Canadians. Uh, but tonight is Monday Night Raw and talking about the number one contendership for Night of Champions. And that's the segment I'm going to start with. And I'll go through the show in order, so I'm going to retread the kind of qualifying matches later once we get to them. But to start off with, uh, the main event, for, so spoilers when I get to singles matches, it's going to be Randy Orton versus Keith Lee versus Seth Rollins in a triple threat match. Each man qualified via three singles matches earlier in the night, and then that gave us number one contendership match in the main event. And arguably, uh, this really helped Raw flow, because Raw itself for me was a lot of retreading, a lot of very familiar ground, and a lot of kind of, I guess, some building blocks but I didn't really care for a lot of it and a lot of storylines that haven't really gone anywhere. Or you're just establishing something which previously hadn't been established and the only thing that really worked for me was this tournament. So it's a really weird one. Raw overall flowed really well even though I didn't care for large amounts of it. So as they show overall, this week was 10 times better than last week. And I realised at the same time and I'm insulting it whilst also praising it. <laughs> so luckily I've got an hour to go through and explain why. <laughs> so that might really help. But this tournament for me was the biggest reason why I did enjoy the show. Why it was able to flow for me. Uh, all three of the qualifying matches were great. Especially in building up the stories and uh, things playing off of it as well. And building the characters for the main event. And of course the storylines they're currently in for all the competitors was played off of too. And you get to the main event. And again, Randy Orton and Seth Rollins made Keith Lee look like a star. They, this, everyone Keith Lee's going up against is making him look like a million bucks. And it's like, yes, you're seeing a lot of effort to get this guy over. But for me, that's great. I'm just going to check that my sound is definitely coming through. Yes, it is. We're fine. <laughs> slight worry. Uh, but yeah, so we are... We've seen a lot of effort being put into getting Keith Lee over. Which... It's the kind of thing where uh, if we'd been seeing this normally, we might. it might even be a little bit of a, oh, we're going into this pattern. But the fact we've not seen this, as in this kind of thing where you put in a lot of effort to try and get somebody over, like, yeah, this should be standard. <laughs> That's been my criticism for like Monday Night Raw. And when I say, when I'm kind of criticizing AEW or, or I guess NXT, it's normally to a higher standard. So... When I'm pr- praising or criticizing, like one like Raw or SmackDown, it's to a different scale because a lot of the basics aren't being done. So you kind of need you can't you can't criticize them the same. So like a, a three out of ten for sorry three out of five for AEW is not a three out of five for Raw. They're different purely because of the different ways the basics are being met. Therefore, I criticize them differently. Uh, but putting effort into getting a new person over. For Keith Lee, it feels so damn refreshing, because, uh, partly because we don't see it. You see this in the other companies, I, don't, I say companies, NXT is WWE, but you see it in NXT. You see it in AEW, you'll see it in New uh, Japan, whatever, Lucha Underground, you saw it. <laughs> Jeff Cobb, anybody. In terms of ever getting a big guy over. But still, it's it is refreshing to see. And it, I can praise it now. And I can I can give all the different reasons of, well, maybe it feels even greater because it's a thing that you would think would normally happen, but we are seeing it now. And so I can I can still praise it. I can still say, yeah, you are doing a good thing. I just want to make note as well that if somebody like AW was doing this, I wouldn't be praising them as highly for doing it because like, you see kind of this similar amount of effort and kind of consistency and a push a little bit more. Again, in AW, they've not been around a year yet, so again, a different level of assessment too. Tangent, <laughs> I said it's a tangent coming, it's made it back. Point being, it's fantastic to see WWE debut a new star and get really behind him. Like in terms of the male's roster, this hasn't happened since Kevin Owens, and that was half a decade ago. Like that's crazy. Just to think it's been that long since they've had like a genuine main roster guy come up and immediately being put over by main event guys That's a really big deal. It's been five years. I like, guess like the start of the NXT era essentially, almost compared to now where it's the next. It's like that is crazy. <laughs> absolutely crazy but it's great to see so i'm praising it it's just it'd be nice to see it more often <laughs> like just and in the world where a lot of, you see a lot of like, kind of character stories of this stuff burnt a wall steel sticks and it's very short-term storytelling we're in an era now which has got like a few quite a few scattered things of long-term storytelling like sasha banks and bailey's my prime example of that uh there's some stuff which we go, oh, look, 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 there is. It's like, no. you're ca- Doing a thing and then not mentioning it for years and then, then recording back to it and going, oh, look, look no, that's not. <laughs> that's looking what pieces you've got to create something new. And you can harken on stuff from the past to link it through. That's why I've called uh, Bray Wyatt the Humpty Dumpty Demon. <laughs> kind of making all this, the broken pieces of people's characters kind of make sense by referring to their past, which, again, should just be a standard thing. <laughs> it shouldn't, characters shouldn't be so random and all over the place that you need a Humpty Dumpty demon to put them back together again. <laughs> you don't need that. Uh, but massive props to Keith Lee. for the way they're doing Keith Lee at the moment. I uh, just want to give a big thumbs up for that. I've got a bit of a tangent just to quantify it, <laughs> but still. Uh, but the main event... The match itself started with Orton rolling to the outside to start with, uh, immediately changing his mind from working with Seth, who took umbrage with that and argued with him at ringside, before Lee dragged the Messiah back in and turned the man inside out. Keith Lee's strength is being really put over, and the thing I do really like is they've not really highlighted his athleticism yet. It's been purely his strength, and I guess part of his speed's been in there too. Uh, But the thing that all the NXT viewers know, that man is extremely athletic. Like his matches with Dominic Dajakovic, like seeing how he's wrestling now is like he's quite tempered in comparison. <laughs> That's realised like how kind of um, like yeah, yeah yeah just a tad. <laughs> just a tad more tempered than his match with Dajakovic. Uh takeover. Point being, Keith Lee's extremely athletic. So seeing him in this kind of kind of tempered down state where they're really highlighting his speed and his strength. It's like when he gets that moment to show off his athleticism, for me it'll feel ten times more wow like wow factor will be there, just so much stronger. Uh, it's it's a shame he's not gonna be in front of a crowd. But that wow factor will be there when he does a when he does that perfect move move so of his, like, as a big lad where people just know him as his big strong guy. It's like yeah, it's I like everything they're doing with it. it <laughs> just pure play. Like, obviously presentation stuff aside like the actual push has been great uh, but when the Messiah is being kind of thrown around by Keith Lee, that's when autumn capitalizes, which is i guess the best word to explain autumn's main performance here I guess throughout the entire night he uh, wrestling this match smart like when Voldings is going at it maybe a tad too emotionally, and Lee looking to impress so much. like He can capitalise on both of those factors. Uh, Orton just picked his spots, working with Seth when it suited him, turning on him in an instant when he spotted an opening. Just, wow, just great stuff. <laughs> the two of them struggling to get big man Keith back in the ring after taking him down on the outside. Randy kicks Seth and then hits the drapes DDT. Case on point, work together to take Keith Lee down. Work together to try and get Keith Lee back in the ring. Then get Randy strikes. Just it's just great. Like, and nows counter from Seth, turning an RKO attempt into a Falcon Arrow. It just you know try and capitalise, but he's still Seth freaking Rollins. Uh, the two fighting uh, allowed Keith Lee to get back in. His strength on full display as Orton and Rollins made him look like a million bucks. They're just launching themselves all over the place. Like He was throwing them around the ring, uh, pouncing alternate at ringside, tossing rollings over the announce desk. Back in the ring, uh, Seth countered Lee's spinning slam into a pin. Lee kicks out. But Lee powered Seth high into the air after the attempted curb stomp follow-up, and right into the spirit bomb. When opportunist Randy Orton struck at the perfect time, catching Keith Lee with the RKO before pinning Seth. And then hits Keith Lee with a move, but goes over to pin Seth, who's just taken the spirit bomb. Oh, is it? No, Orton is number one contender for the WWE Championship once again. And that really nice touch with him pinning Seth over Keith. The big man going over strong and putting over the finisher to boot as well. Like, of course, Orton would know exactly how devastating the spirit bomb is after it put him, he himself away just the night prior, prior, <laughs> just the night prior. It's like, yeah. Damn strong main event to end a genuinely I've it a genuinely well flowing Raw. Especially after last week. That's my number one thing. That's why I couldn't gripe at the moment with Raw is the pace of it. Do I hit a fatigue point? And this week, surprisingly enough, didn't hit a fatigue point. So there is no fatigue point of the week. It the show genuinely flowed. So congratulations and most of that praise goes to this. The the three singles matches which then led to this main event. It felt like there were singles matches of importance with consequence and then, that, the, then the main event itself was also just like it all built to this thing so it all had a purpose. And I loved that. <laughs> but the main event, Van uh, D'Orton was fantastic. All three guys were just magnificent and the main point as well, Keith Lee got again to look like a megastar. Uh, just, yeah, looking like a million bucks <laughs> against both of those guys. And Van Orton capitalising off his finisher, Another plus. <laughs> Another plus. Uh, right, I'm going to get into the show itself in terms of the kind of card order going through it all. I can feel it and I can sense it. My knackeredness is catching up with me. <laughs> so I'm going to do my best to try and kind of make sense. Luckily, it made about 2,000 words worth of notes, which <laughs> makes it a bit easier. So apologies in advance if I trip over my words, if I stutter, if I have to take a second to get my breather back. Back to back kind of late nights is kind of doing me in a tad. And normally, like I'll, after, after the takeover SummerSlam weekend, it normally takes me like a week to kind of get back into gear. This week it was back into late nights. So I've not had my recovery. <laughs> so come a Night Raw, I'm kind of a, a bit out of it. Like, I would like to be in bed right now. But uh, I've also got to recover for All Out, which isn't gonna happen. I'm really looking forward to, like, after All Out, I've got a gap till the end of the month for Night of Champions. So first a drink of water. Then let's get into the bloody show. I need to move my phone because I keep looking at it because <laughs> I've got notifications on Twitter. Anyway, so more well, overall. Before I go into like my like, card by card bit, a much better pace show than last week for me. The reasoning of it again, I did say earlier. I'd go into kind of why. Like luckily, I've got all this time to go into why. Like for me, cutting down on the number of short segments really helps the show out in that, in that regard this week. As I said on uh, last time's raw review. A quick pace, firing out Thing after Thing can work, but going at that rate for a three-hour show is a bit much. Like, you can get worn out watching it, but this week built so much better for me. The triple threats leading to the main event nicely, a Raw Underground schedule actually somewhat established ahead of time, so you knew what was coming, Shane McMahon was able to run down the Underground card, You know, still presented as quite a loose thing, Where well, who wants to run in now? Like they had somewhat of a structure, and therefore they're able to hype up some of it, which has been, I think, recurring. That happened last week as well, but this week was really like, no, we've got this featured match, and we've got these people that are going to show up as well. Like, with the Cruz versus Benjamin, and he was hyping up uh, Jessamine Duke to uh, having a fight as well. So that made Raw Underground st- still doesn't l- have any lead-in to the rest of the Raw world. Like, it's still its contained thing. Characters go in there, and it seems consequences of the real... The outside of Underground kind of lead in. But so far, nothing that's happened in the Underground has then led to anything outside of it. And I s- I'd like to see something happen. And I feel like this week was the thing that set something up, with the Hurt Business just destroying Cedric Alexander, Ricochet and Apollo Cruz when we get to it. But Raw well, Underground maybe next week, well, for the first time, we'll see something that happened there have consequence on the main natural part of the show. That is my hope. (laughs) That's been my big disconnect with Underground. One, the style of presentation of the thing does nothing for me. I'm not an MMA guy at all. Don't really care. Uh, I tried to get into it. It just wasn't my thing. And uh, I've always had a bit of an issue with WWE's fascination with MMA. It's always the warning Vince McMahon about the dangers of (laughs) an Where MMA fans don't necessarily really want to watch wrestling. Wrestling fans don't really want to watch MMA. And you end up appealing to neither If you go too far one way or the other. And uh, for me, this is too MMA for me. Don't really care. Fine with it for like a one-off show, as I said, with Bloodsport in the past. But for to see it week after week, don't really care. (laughs) So the style does nothing for me. The music especially. is a massive turn-off for me. It makes it feel outdated for me. They're trying to sell it as this kind of underground fight thing, but it's so overproduced that it just feels like a massive production thing. Therefore, there's nothing underground about it. It's just a highly produced... Fight Club, <laughs> I guess. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's an odd one. Anyway, I would say this week was better than the other weeks, but I still just don't care. Like, I'm done with it. If I wasn't doing these reviews, I would skip through them. Because I don't care. It's not my thing. And they have, so far, I've had no consequence. <laughs> so, uh, I'll wait till I get to Retribution. Anyway, so we start the show with Randy Orton. Uh, Randy's hearing voices in his head. They talk to him. He's a bit pissed. As in angry. He's he's angry. Not that he's had a few. Uh, I mean, could have had a few, but if he has had a few, he's not showing it. (laughs) That's not in my notes. (laughs) Rags on Drew for his offer out of pity from last week, saying McIntyre calls him entitled like, you're damn right I'm entitled. I shouldn't have to face Kevin Owens to earn an opportunity, but I will. Uh, Boosting himself up as well. I like that kind of twist at the end. Randy Orton just nailing all the little points. Um... Until he brings up a photoshopped image of all the men he's kicked in the head sat in their hospital, hospital beds and just kind of does a laugh like ha ha, oh that's, that's funny that is. Ha ha ha, isn't that funny? To which I uh thought this feels like WWE writer humour or the or the Vince kind of writer humour so let's call it Vince humour that gets, that, that every kind of heel would do. As in for me that was no different than like every other, like when you see a heel champion cut a promo with a photoshopped thing or the photo of somebody putting a funny face, it was that humour. And it's just like, it's heel humour regardless of character. Like that bit you could give to any character, but it doesn't fit Randy Orton. And they go, Well, here's a heel, here's a heel thing. It's like, Well, don't take character into regard. Just <laughs> that's my big guy. In terms of criticism for WWE, now have their characters do things which are like either good guy or bad guy things, but they don't take any account of uh, whether th- that character would do it. And for me, that's a major difference from what we see in AW, for example, where everything's a lot more driven by that character, that person. There's a lot more continuity. Uh, it doesn't feel like like chosen by... We'll say chosen by a committee, but it's not it's chosen by Vince. <laughs> it's the opposite of a committee. It's one man. Uh, point being, characters will do things that every other character would do. And it's there's a lot of disconnect. And for me, that's been a major plus of Randy Orton this year, is he's been such a unique, established character, which has uh, like, over time become greater and greater. This was a blip for me, because this kind of thing just hasn't isn't really been in his character. And the laugh feeling awkward and not really genuine kind of sold that for me. Uh, as it's like, yeah, this... This isn't like an Orton type of thing to do. It's like, yeah, it's technically a heel thing, but not Orton. <laughs> it felt strange. I don't, know if I'm, I don't know if I'm the only one complaining a little bit, because, again, it's just a you Janoki know, hear thing that I probably shouldn't be talking this long on about for. Uh, Keith Lee and his Create A Wrestler music come out. Uh, last week, he gave Orton no choice but to bask in his glory. I like the way that Eve says the words as well, just saying the word opportunity a lot. It's like, opportunity... I just like the way he pronounces it. Like Hints that the state of play may have changed a tad with his arrival. That Orson might... Ziggler out of nowhere! You're not the only one that can do it, Randy. Dolph Ziggler attacks Keith Lee, and that takes us straight into our match qualifier. Yeah, Keith Lee said a bit more than that, but by the time I caught up on the notes, I was like, Ziggler out of nowhere! <laughs> so there he is. Uh, number one contender's match qualifier... Number one, <laughs> Keith Lee versus Dolph Ziggler. Uh, so again, three singles matches, the winners of which moved on to a triple threat later in the night, tied the show really nicely together, uh, helps it really flow. Uh, does this count as an NXT call-up going into a match with Dolph Ziggler? Like not even the best of Dimitrams can avoid the curse. <laughs> He's there. But it's because he makes it look like a million bucks. It's just that like, if you have a proper feud against Ziggler, it's like, ah, uh, right, yeah, this is... Yeah, because the person's obviously defeating him. Then then where do they go? So the number of times we've seen a star debut, have a match with Ziggler, then they've got nothing. Like, it started, I guess, with Tyler Breeze, like, what was it, four years ago? It's like, and the pattern repeated, and repeaters, where they beat Dolph Ziggler, then, well, now what? <laughs> we've debuted them, we've given them their feud, where they have an establishing match, when we've got nothing for them. <laughs> so that's the end of that. <sighs> Point being... Uh, this was a qualifying match. So Keith Lee, yes, he faced Dolph Ziggler. Yes, Dolph Ziggler made him look like a million bucks. But Keith Lee immediately had something to move on to. And that is the that is the difference. No, they're not giving up on Keith Lee immediately, just putting him into the Ziggler zone of death. <laughs> like, No, he's, he's having his match with Ziggler. Ziggler will make him look like a million bucks. Then he will just move on to the next thing. Helps it's a qualifying match, so it's that same night. But point being, this isn't... Keith Lee faces Ziggler, oh no, this is, no, Ziggler makes him look like million bucks, then both kind of drift apart in their separate ways. Uh, the power of Keith Lee on full display again. Ziggler, trying to use his athleticism, but gets pounced, and after the break, pretty much just gets demolished. Uh, Keith Lee powering up high, spinning round with a slam, and uh, I was like, wait a second, was it the Tour of the Islands? But then I went on Twitter and Keith Lee's like, no, it's not the Tour of the Islands, it's, uh, a note to a former trainer of his and after he retired he started using the move out of like homage an homage to him can't remember the guy's name but uh, again Keith Lee Keith Lee's twitter game is so good at calming down the storm like my god he's the opposite of Seth Rollins <laughs> like he like so far his twitter game has been absolutely fantastic at whenever somebody gets kind of riled up about something or just call something out He's just so calm and goes, no, it's this, and gives like the story about it or something. says just like, let me handle this type of tone. That, like, oh, his calming tone. He's calming, the fact that he can get that across in tweet, <laughs> because it's impressive enough he can do it in speech where it's both calming and assuring you he's also a badass that could beat you up if you don't follow his calming tone. <laughs> to get that across without saying all of those words is such a skill that makes him so unique. Such an awesome presence to watch on TV, Uh, but the fact you can get that across in tweets as well. Like, my god. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, the huge push for Keith Lee continues. Ziggler hit the zigzag for a momentary spur of hope, but soon found himself crashing down hard with the spirit bomb. Like, man, this is nice to see. Like, yes, the presentation changes are odd and somewhat detracting, but overall, this is what we've been wanting to see for years. WWE genuinely pushing new stars as big deals rather than damp farts. <laughs> or, as I call it, Diggler's showcase. We've called you up, but we've got nothing for you. So, this is what we've been wanting for years. So, thank you for that. <laughs> it's great to see. Uh, after that, backstage interview uh, new champions Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. They disagree on who led the charge last night. Ask a dancer's in. Saves a segment. <laughs> Asuka's awesome. Jackson Baszler are offended by the Raw Women's Champion jumping in on their interview. Asuka pushes Shayna out of frame and shouts at Naya in Japanese before staring down and walking off. So, oh, Asuka the segment saver. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, also not forgetting Asuka had her kind of setting up history with Shayna Baszler. Is that done now? Because that was pre-Thunderdome where they were Asuka and Shana were kind of teaming up because they wanted to do an Asuka versus Shayna match, uh, but to get to that match they had to get through Banks and Bailey. So they got through Banks and Bailey. Now Shana Baszler's tangled up with Banks and Bailey, and Asuka's doing something else, which we'll get to next. Uh, okay, cool. Adam Pearce setting us up for later, so the foreshadowing for retribution, which would. Happen later. We'll get to that when we get to it. Uh, he tells off security and drills into them to not fail at their jobs this week and keep out Retribution. So, this isn't, oh, well, this explains why Retribution won't be here tonight. So no, this is foreshadowing for Retribution coming because they will, they will fail. <laughs> uh, war, well, I can't speak. War women's champion Asuka. Uh, who is next to challenge Asuka? Uh, Charlie Caruso is in the ring and she asks the champion who she thinks is most deserving. She says she's beat a lot of great women and lists them all. It doesn't really matter who is ready for Asuka because Asuka is ready for anything. Like, yeah. I, for some reason, I just put the overpronunciation pronunciation only on the last word. Uh, Mickey James's music plays. Uh, the veteran comes out and she says she can recognise a great champion and out of respect, Asuka should be the first to know that she's coming for the title. You see that kind of respectful back-and-forth glance as well. Uh, Natalia's music hits. Her and Lana walk on down in their wrestling gear. I smell a Teddy Long player. (laughs) They chat crap at Mickey until Asuka has enough and shouts that she's ready for you and you and you. Uh, The mini ball breaks out and the faces stand tall. The last one with the elongated you was at Mickey James. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. To get your fight and then when we come back eventually, uh, Asker is on commentary. So backstage, uh, Viking Vaders and Cedric Alexander, they're joined by Demi Burnett from The Bachelor. I think I said that right. Uh, see, I can learn names. <laughs> it's been weeks with we're calling her blonde from the telly show, then blonde from The Bachelor, a woman from The Bachelor, and eventually Demi. I've got it. She, why is she still there though? <laughs> it's interesting that she's all these weeks later I was just like, oh, it's just because they filmed the PC stuff in bulk. So, no, this is like weeks down the line in a different location. <laughs> it's just still there in this storyline, in this love triangle. A really long love triangle arc. Uh, the three of them go to get ready for their match, but not before Demi gives Ivar a kiss on the cheek. Uh, after they all leave, uh, with Demi quite hilariously standing there till someone gives her her cue or camera to move, <laughs> she just does there and then obviously her eyes kind of change direct it's like, okay, then then she's off. Like, <laughs> uh, Gaza then walks in stage right and just creepily stands there holding a rose, like pretty lady. <laughs> and then we cut away. Uh, Lana versus Mickey James. I British that up a bit. <laughs> Lana versus Mickey James. Uh, oh, in spite of commentary leading into multiple videos and a backstage bit setting up an upcoming match. We're still in this segment. That was really jarring for me. Like we did Lana, we did the whole Bicky James Asuka kind of standing tall at the end of beating up Natalya and Lana. Then we had came to uh, the commentary hyping up retribution. Then we went to the backstage bit, and then I think commentary hyped one more thing, and then we're back to this match. and am set to go. Asuka's on commentary. Great, <laughs> but you you moved on from this segment, but it's still going on in the ring. How straight were they? What were they doing? Whilst all of this was happening, <laughs> whilst you showed a full video package for Retribution, <laughs> it's so strange. Uh, Lana, in the match, Lana pisses about, trying to use shenanigans gen- and whatnot to her advantage, but yeah, that ain't going to work against Mickey James, putting over that she's a veteran, way smarter than all of that crap. A swift mid kit later, and we seemingly have our first jolt of momentum for our new championship challenger. Uh, only odd point. She returned. The match got overshadowed by Seth Rollins talking, so the ending didn't really matter. And it was a and she lost via countout in the background to a Seth Rollins segment. Then last week she came out and attacked Lana and Natalia, just like a swift kick to the two of them. And then this week's number one contender, like quite a jump. Uh, I guess she won this match here, but to go from like you're not going to be dedicated really any time to a quick reestablishing thing to immediately number one contenders like that. Like, yes, you can base it off her history, but you need to, you know, establish her first. <laughs> like, re-establish her as that kind of character. Like, she's a veteran. Watch her veteran and beat these people. Look at this veteran. We haven't had any of that. <laughs> like, as I said, the one time she was in a match, she lost by disqualification, no, by count out in the background. <laughs> so, uh, but still, Mickey James Asker It's the same old thing, really, where... Yeah, like the creative thing setting up the match is maybe it's not really well done at all. I don't really care for that side of it. They've not, made, they've not made me care about the match. But the two wrestlers that will go ahead of each other are both really, really good. So come the pay-per-view, I'm expecting a really entertaining match. So I can get excited for Asuka and Mickey James. Uh, but the road to it has, like, the build's been a bit weird already. So it's just the same old WWE. Like the performers, hate the show itself. (laughs) Best way to put it. Uh, Backstage Caruso uh, waiting outside Alistair Black's locker room when Randy Orton walked out. Uh, Well, that will certainly lead into his championship qualifying match. What was he doing in that dark room? To the interview ring. Love the interview ring. Massive fan of that. (laughs) The Iconics ready for their number one contenders tag match later tonight where the losing team must disband. They talk about how they've been best friends since school, and somehow made it to WWE together, trying to make you care for the heel team just before a match where they must disband. This is T-Dog in Walking Dead crap right here. <laughs> so I saw quite a few other people complaining that you build them up to immediately disband them, and you do it in a way that's quite babyfacey, faced say that they sacrifice so much to get to this point, and then they go, but they're the heels, why are you making us care about the heels? Well, the answer is T-Dog from Walking Dead. <laughs> Where the only reason they're getting character is because they're getting killed later in this episode. <laughs> so, T-Dog. Poor T-Dog. Got no character until the episode he was killed. So that's what the iconics got here. And uh, match number three, Randy Orton vs Kevin Owens. Right into seeing how this affects it. Uh, what, what, what this, by this I mean Alistair Black, Randy Orton stuff. Alistair Black charges in, assaults KO before he makes it to the ring, following up with a black master boot, uh, dragging Owens into the ring for the ref to call him unfit to fight. But Kevin refuses to die, and the referee's like, Well, I've got to ring the bell then. (laughs) Wait, sorry, what? No. (laughs) that's not how it works if he clearly can't get on his feet it doesn't matter what he says (laughs) like well he says he's fine therefore even though he's clearly not i've got to ring the bell now (laughs) wrestling logic don't think about it too much so don't think about it um ko manages to land in a stiff chop on orton he kind of just has a look at him like, oh right okay i should probably act then Uh, but being completely out of it as ko stands there he has no chance uh, with his full wits about him, Orton just moves and nails the RKO. Like a damn quick win from Orton. Uh, Alistair Black robbing us from a big KO-RKO matchup. Or RKO matchup. That one's better. And uh, Cheeky Cheeky Vandy poses in the ring, all happy at the small amount of energy he used for that one. All set for the main event. Uh, and he'll heat for Alistair Black. Cost us, of, cost us a match, which is KO Randy Orton. I'd like to see that match, and the fact we've been cost it, and we're not able to see it. Good stuff. Uh, Backstage Mysterios! The whole family is there. All four of them, including uh, Dominic's sister, Rey's daughter. I was (laughs) stalling to try and remember her name, because I'm pretty certain they said it, but it's not happening. Kind of remembering Mysterio's wife, and this is like the third episode (laughs) she's been on. Uh, Caruso talks about how difficult it must be sorry, Caruso, yeah. Caruso asks Mysterio, how difficult it must be to not be able to compete against Valdins tonight in a qualifier. Ray's like, yeah, it would mean the world to me to get that revenge. But if there's anyone on earth I'd like to take his, my place, it'll be my son right here. And Dominic says that he's got a 619 with the Monday Night Messiah's name written all over it. And uh, yeah, just a family moment. <laughs> I guess i setting that up. Uh, the, 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 the later their match was great. Really impressed with Dominic so far. Uh, I like kind of Ray taking a bit of a back backseat, little bits on the television as well. The Hurt Business. We've seen Ray so much and we'll get to see him lots as well. But apparently, this injury is legitimate, so we might be getting more Dominic than we were meant to. Kind of maybe like this week. Hurt Business, VIP Lounge. Uh, Clean shaven porter. It took me a while to realise. I was watching him just like, there's something different about you. <laughs> and I just thought, you've shaved your beard. <laughs> uh, he hypes up the first VIP Lounge from the Thunderdome. Uh, like a half an hour in, it's the first time I've done that. He introduces the new United States champion Bobby Lashley. Bobby did exactly what he said he was going to do. He beat up Apollo Cruz, put him in the hurt lock and took the United States Championship. He says he'll get Apollo back for his post-match attack. Uh, Shelton jumps in making note that he'll be beating up Cruz himself in Raw Underground later. Cedric Alexander interrupts as we change gears to the six-man tag that was set up like a while ago now. Uh, MVP holds off his fellow executives but then looks offended when Cedric tells him he hasn't decided to join the Hurt Business and uh, Cedric Callison is like of course I'm not uh, and I've not come alone either and like who? who? what do you mean he's not come alone? who could be with him? It's, it's the Viking Raiders this promoted match which they also had a statement for earlier which then didn't lead into this match until like three seconds later <laughs> it's like yeah it's his partners for his Promoted match, <laughs> who do you think will be? Uh, they uh, Viking Raiders jump Lashley and Benjamin and our six man tag is ready to go. Hurt Business versus Cedric and Viking friends. Like, hey, I guess you can't be out here pinning ricochet Mustafa Ali every week because they're wrestling on main event. Ugh. Uh, standard fair tag here, the kind of tag match we've become used to seeing in the middle of these roars as of late. Some added fire when Alexander tagged in opposite MVP. Before getting beaten down, of course. Uh, but other than that, it was your standard fair, like back and forth tag. Yeah, the story of Alexander really being in trouble, getting beaten down by the hurt business. Uh, Lashes and Benjamin put the raiders off of the, uh, pulled the raiders off the apron. In deep trouble, Cedric ducked MVP and rolled him up for the three. Uh, MVP instead of laughing, instead of leave, sorry, not instead of laughing, instead of leading the beatdown. He smiles and he claps. As Samara Joe notes on commentary, just lets us know that Cedric used the tights. It's like, ah, seemingly Porter is very happy seeing the man not exactly winkly. Like the effects of that hurt business medicine kicking in perhaps. <laughs> and I really like that. That's such an awesome character trait for MVP to yes, get rolled up and to lose, but to then just smiles like you cheated there you might be coming around. <laughs> the effects might be happening. Like the slow, kind of gradual influence of the Hurt Business taking over as like rather than a quick heel turn. Ah, like, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's great. After the break, though, I felt this was a little bit against it. The trio are beating down Alexander backstage, stomping on the man telling him he's got to learn until Cruz and Ricochet run to make the save. So in terms of got to learn, that's either... You don't mess with us, we will beat you up. Or, join us, because we'll be there for you. Your friends aren't here for you whilst you you get beaten up. I don't know which one it is. And because it's WWE. Well, is it, in terms of MVP's arc so far, It's been this is building up quite nicely long-term storytelling for MVP. And him trying to recruit people into the Hurt Business. And the way he goes about it. And so either, in this long-form storytelling arc, for me it would be the second one, that... You've got to learn that your friends aren't going to be there for you like we would be there for you, and the best way to explain that is for us to beat you up, <laughs> or it's their heels they beat him up. So the first that that one is what I have been used to WWE, but in terms of the arc so far, this it very likely could be the second one. So I don't want to say wait and see, but it's just it's, I, the reason I have to wait and see is because like recent WWE has told me. It's the more simple one, when I say recent, I mean past years. That's a better phrase actually. Past years, WWE, recent years has told me that it's probably the one with the least depth. Really recent WWE has told me there could actually be some depth here. Because they're seemingly tur- they're kind of turning that ship around and giving us the kind of storytelling we've been asking for for years and turning away from because we've not been getting it. And now we are. Maybe that's that AWE influence is having no influence at all whatsoever. Uh, or it was just the pandemic, really? Like, oh crap, we gotta, you know, stop pissing people off. <laughs> stop sending not to stop losing viewers. That might be, you know, quite a good tactic. Uh, number five segment ah, reaching 1 a.m. Winner earns tag team title match. Again, near 1 a.m. <laughs> Sentences aren't happening. Uh, so the winner earns a tag team championship match. The losing team must disband. It's the Iconics versus the Riot Squad. Uh, well, this is one way to protect yourself from booking the same thing over and over again. A match with consequences, guaranteeing you won't be able to book the match again. <laughs> oh, it's genius. Oh you have to change it up. Uh, another really short match for these four, which has been like part of the course, uh, Riot and Morgan finally running smoothly on the same page. Uh, Morgan even jumping in and making the save after noticing a, cha- a charging patent. Leading to a series of roll ups back and forth between Billy Kane and Ruby. Uh, Ruby's able to keep Billy's shoulders down for one of them, and that's it. And the iconics are no more. Will we see this lead to the much rumoured push for Peyton Royce, who's been winning bodybuilding championships? That last bit pretty much confirms a yes for me. Yes. Uh, And keep in mind that it was Billy Kane who lost the match, which might kind of lead into later, and I've not really heard kind of brought up that much. The final championship qualifier, Seth Rollins versus Dominic Mysterio. This was, once again, bloody brilliant. Uh, Rollins eyes Murphy with disdain, with the Aussie patting him the microphone. Like the Messiah goes off on him for kicking him in, in the head and getting pinned at payback. Uh, tells Murphy off, and that he, he can't have that risk there tonight. The risk of him potentially costing him the match again. Uh, shouts at him to get out and think about what he's done. Uh, uh, get out so he can defeat Dominic Mysterio by himself. On the ramp, Dom runs out and clobbers the poor Aussie. <laughs> oh, the poor lad! Gets <laughs> out and then just beaten up. Uh, straight into the match we go. Dominic once again impressive. This time without the bells and whistles of multiple men interjecting during the match. It was just him and Seth, and I feel like this was Dominic's best match because of that. That like, it was just the two of them having a match with no bells and whistles. So he's improved. He, he's impressed week after week. We uh, met every single bar set in front of him. And for me, this was the next bar. Of You've had these matches with kind of like the bells and whistles, now have a standard match, a short one, granted. Uh, I think it was only like five, six minutes. Kind of like you can get your spots in and Seth will help you look, look amazing because he's a fantastic wrestler. <laughs> but you, uh, yeah, you. so you have... That kind of shorter match but it is one without all the bells and whistles. Like, he, he met the bar again <laughs> just all these little like week after week the bars like well so you can do this see how you then, then do in this environment then this one and this one and he's nailed it every everyone. Uh, Seth Rollins obviously a fantastic dance partner but Mysterio continues to step up week after week. Uh, Dom ran riot as we went into break uh, quickly going for the 619 which was obviously avoided at that point uh, but he was in full swing as he launched himself off the announce table down onto Rollins. Back from break? Not so much. Uh, Seth grounded and wore him down. Mysterio finally able to counter a buckle bomb and send the Messiah flying into the turnbuckle. Uh, he's a stunning move out to boot as well. He's more athletic than his old man. Uh, Cross body to the outside. Back in for the 619 which hits, but he whiffs the frog splash. Crashing down hard onto the mat and Rollins right in with the curb stomp. One, two, three, and we have our main event set. Uh, Keith Lee, Randy Orton, Seth Rollins. That was one solid triple threat. And Dominic Mysterio continues to be impressive in defeat. The building, like, the perfect booking for a rookie. It just gets you behind him as well. Uh, in anger, uh, Rollins follows up with a second curb stomp. Cut to Ray. It's like, oh god, I'm gonna to have to. Oh no! And then he kind of, kind of goes off camera. And I don't think he actually went out, but then it showed us Dom in the ring. He's having been taken out after mysterious and left his family as well. So he's in limbo. <laughs> and this takes us to Raw Underground. So kind of talks about it was good. To see, it have some purpose. They also hyped up Titus O'Neil, um, but of course again, Raw Underground not for me. I don't like I don't like the the style of the wrestling, the style of the presentation, the production, everything's just a massive turn off for me. Nothing about it hits for me. I've heard some people say, well, I had Vance Morris from ChairShot Radio, who also Yeah uh, also who came onto this show a couple of weeks ago and he was really positive about Raw Underground. Uh whilst me personally, it ticks all the boxes that aren't right for me. But that's that's a, again, is a very big variety show. And for me, this is the part of the variety that doesn't click for me. Uh, Titus powers some folk about. Riddick Moss steps up and takes him down. Seemingly bests him, but gets thrown out to the ground. This week, that rule's not in play. What are the rules here? <laughs> that used to be like the end of it, but now it's not this week. Uh, the two brawl a tad before getting back up to the mat. Moss kicks him and knocks Titus O'Neil out with a single punch. Uh, that was at least cool establishing that from Riddick Moss. But again... so far, nothing in the Raw Underground has had any consequences the following week or outside of that world. So it needs consequences for any of this to matter. Otherwise, it's just random crap. (laughs) So I'm going to care about it even less. But we got stuff later. So hopefully. Yeah, Street Profits. Coach Dawkins has got a scouting report on Andrade, Gaza and Vega. Ford and Dawkins are something. Are so. No, that's not right. Are always entertaining. That's it. They're always entertaining. But the fact that these lot are still feuding after the champions swept them aside so easily, like week after week and on pay-per-view as well, like it says a lot about how empty that tag division is. It's that they're still feuding, but the champions beat them all the time to, on the run-up to the pay-per-view, then beat them on the pay-per-view. Why? <laughs> what have they got left to prove? Ugh. Anyway, so earlier today, uh, they cut to Tazawa, who arrives with his ninjas in the family pickup truck, it, obviously. <laughs> he's not on the list to be allowed into the parking lot, though, for the show. Uh, Tozawa steps out, checks, his, checks the security guy's list, and it's blank. He unzips a man's jacket to reveal that he's wearing a ref shirt. Oh, no. Uh, R-Truth sneaks out of the security booth and rolls him up. One, two, three, and we have a new 24-7 champion. R-Truth getting close to, or maybe already being, the wrestler with the most reigns, championship reigns in WWE history. <laughs> He's racking them up. Hmm. Quicksick of water. I can normally get through these shows without having to properly pause. But again, the fatigue is hitting. I, needed, I didn't need payback. <laughs> I needed to recover. Uh, tornado Tag. The I think this is, is this the last segment I'm talking about? Yes, it is. Oh, I get to Retribution. I get to end on a Positive note <laughs> of Retro- the Man. Um But here we've got a Tornado tag, a Street Profits versus Angel, Garza and Andrade, joined by both Zelina Vega and Demi Burnett. Cups raining from the sky as the Royal Tag Team Champions make their way down. For me, that's been an amazing addition to their presentation. It really makes them feel like a big deal and it's cool seeing the Cups come down in the Thunderdome. Uh, the heels using the Tornado rules to their advantage, Both legal at the same time, no breaks for the ropes, Uh, taking out Ford and really going at Dawkins, who didn't even need his partner to burst with fire, Uh, but Andrade and Garza seem to relish in the uh, Tornado format. But with Ford back in and running strong, he goes to shake the ropes crazily and... the lights flickered. And Angel immediately knows that means... Jumps straight out to Demi and just leaves <laughs> through the weather crowd would-be area. Uh, Ford in confusion in the ring, like what? What do he do? What does he do? So he goes to cover andrade, but the ref has gone. So even more confusion. When Retribution jump in from over the barricade, the commentators immediately make to run. Three of the Retribution people circle Vega, who is like, alright then, and then goes to fight and gets beaten down herself. Uh, the rest beat the three men left in the ring before making charge for the back. And that's where we go to break. We come back from break and they do a full professional rundown. Again, if they're a chaotic, you know, against the company kind of set of people, stop professionally recapping them. <laughs> uh, back from break, Adam sh- like is shouting at a security team, but not after the commentators have done their full professional recap. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's con, it's con- not contrasting, The conflicting ideas or ways of presenting, like, which one are you actually going for? Uh, Raw Underground again! So before, you know, we've got the actual structure of the show still happening in spite of this random gang being about. (laughs) It's, again, jarring presentations. Uh, Retribution for me are dying quick. Uh, It's it's clearly got no direction. And they need to... as in just... I'll get to it in a second. (laughs) Do Raw Underground first. So, uh, Shane tries to tree up, cheer up the Iconics, who were both there with him, uh, before Jessamine Duke batters alas, lass. Uh, another steps in, and Shafia into Shafias. <laughs> oh, that's the worst pun of the night. Uh, she into Shafia's to beat up the second one, and uh, the two horsewomen eye up the Iconics, and Peyton throws Billy into the horse's den. Uh, she just turns around, like you've got to be joking me. <laughs> I'm not even attempting the accent at this time of night. <laughs> Kay gets walloped as her former tag partner pulls faces from inside, like oh, oh dear. And for me, that felt like a sort of momentary, like something of Billy. Kay lost. She's the reason that all the, all this emotion, all this anger, is in me right now. And she just in that moment just throws her in. She might regret it later. This might have been the split where Peyton Royce is a bit of a healy-healy. It's like, yeah, you lost, it's all your fault, you rubbish, or something. I don't know. As long as they don't do the NXT friends angle. Because so, yeah, it's, you know, they weren't successful enough to... Well, it's It's a Viot Squad issue. Like <laughs> You can't talk about how great you were when you never won. <laughs> Although they, they, at least at least the Iconics did win a WrestleMania match. So they, they've got that over the riot Squad. Uh, Apollo Crews is outside of underground, the underground stuff, it doesn't finish yet, uh, with Ricochet and Cedric there, ready to go in, talking to the big lad to let them in, but before so, uh, Caruso walks in and reminds them, their week has been crap. <laughs> so, oh, uh, thanks for that Charlie, <laughs> like, he's, he's trying to get hyped up for his fight, and Charlie's like, well you've had a bit of a crap week haven't you? <laughs> is that like moments before the fight? <laughs> so, okay then. Apollo talks about refusing to be down about the whole thing, uh, to be with his boys instead and take the fight to the Hurt Business. And like, yeah, we're ready. Yeah, let's go, let's go. And a positive, a properly hyped match in Vault Underground as Cruz takes on Shelton Benjamin. A positive, like there's actual structure to it. And you kind of, this is what's coming up later. It's not that you're not going into it blind, which I think is a major positive. Uh, the Hurt Business looked to be dominant as usual until Apollo talked the wrist of Shelton into a Kimura and Benjamin immediately jumps to the outside to his stablemates in that direction for the six-man brawl to ensue and back onto the ring. The Hurt Business make easy work of the trio in that scenario and they all stand tall above the three men who have all been broken down. Yes, I really like the MVP Cedric Alexander twist on it but I don't know where else it is going. Unless they, in defeat, all turn heel, <laughs> join the hurt business. I don't. Unless it's can he really do Cedric Alexander because to establish him joining the group, then like Ricky Shane and Apollo Cruz and I guess Mustafa Ali, whenever he's there, they all have to get beaten up again, and their momentum just plummets in this time. Uh, so where do you go with it? If one of them is turning heel, like kind of where do you? Uh, Angel Garza and Demi Burnett are still escaping, so we're back to the retribution thing. It's been it's been a while, but we're back there. Uh, Demi calls the group returation, which I thought, you know, that wasn't even a bit. <laughs> Just her as a person doesn't know the word Retribution, and it's like Retoration was the best she could do. Uh, so a wee chuckle there. I can't really ra- rag on someone <laughs> for not being able to pronounce words when, you know getting close to 1am I've misspoke so much of this <laughs> so well uh, when retribution that's what they're called Demi bursts through the door uh, they that the, the two of them were about to walk through and they launch a poor lad over onto some machines I look like washing machine type stuff but again I'm glancing up and downwards making notes uh, Gaza looks on in fear like a deer in the headlights before just pelting it leaving poor Demi all by herself uh, a gaggle of folk close in and eventually she runs off whilst I say you better run it's like but so here's the ending of this roar I've done it in under an hour well done mate that's the best in a while again yeah I'll get to the recap later (laughs) but yeah it really feels like retribution is being made up week to week with no target to aim for and that is really hurting them so it's the again it's the comparison is the Who Attacked Roman Reigns storyline. Where it just feels like it's being made up week to week where you don't know if the thing that happened this week will lead on to anything. It's just that the major difference is that in the Roman Reigns storyline they were trying to do big reveals which would then lead on to something. But you didn't know if those big reveals would even be canon that next week. And like Rowan 2.0 that the other ginger guy just immediately dropped after it was like the show ending reveal. (laughs) It's case on point. Uh, but here, the honour reveals that is, there has been no next step. If anything, their chaos has been downgraded. And as I say, as I say like, they ran chaos on the show, but then they went on with the show as normal and cut back to the chaos. So well, which one is it? <laughs> in terms of, I guess, the feel of the show, in terms of the direction it's gone in. Have you entered chaos in terms of production or not? Because he went on with the show and then went back to it. Like... A few segments later, it's really weird. It, it's clashing. It's the I guess normal WWE way of producing things, whilst introducing an action meant to should be causing chaos and shaking things up. So well, why is your why is nothing being affected essentially? Like they're conveniently there or they're conveniently not present for certain things. And you know, in case in of point, of it being made up week to week. The uh, word is that now uh, at first I saw it reported by Sean Rossap of Fightful, where it's now apparently. The case that Retribution are only on Raw. And in case of point of it being made up as we're going. So they attacked Smackdown and then that got dropped. So now they're only on Raw. Cool. Uh, and it's, again, the, in terms of who are the members? It, like, what's the size of the group? I feel like there might be... Lo- they're in danger of the entire thing dying before anybody's revealed. purely because the size of the group changes all the time. Any other random, any other random people causing the attacks? How many people are going to be revealed? Uh, that does like last week. I felt like with the people standing on the ring area, I was like oh, these could be your people. This could be the group because it's kind of like a nice dynamic and range kind of look to them, where they could be quite cool once they reveal themselves. This week, completely different lineup of people. It's like oh, maybe not then. <laughs> it's just using NXT and maybe local talents or people from oh it's one of the training schools one of the people's training schools was uh, like a load of them I think it was on the Smackdown show point being there's no direction for this they don't know who's in the group I've got no idea when it's what it's even aiming at my assumption is oh, we, like a payback it's so like it will be inconvenient for them to be on this show so they're just not on it <laughs> it's like oh it's, it's nice, for, nice for their leader if they were a the leader to let them take the weekends off so that's kind of him. But when they say they're only attacking Roar, they're literally only attacking Roar. But what are they attacking? That's the other point as well. Causing chaos, they're against something. Like if they're fighting against the authority, what authority? Because there isn't any authority. Like what are they smashing, What are they causing anarchy for? <laughs> it's, it feels, uh, again, it feels like inspired by the real world events and the kind of imagery that has been around. It's like, well, what if we used that to create something? In a fictional environment. Happens all the time. In all kinds of media. into All kinds of fiction. But they did the imagery of the thing. With no idea what they were going to do. As I look at my water bottle off screen. (laughs) I don't know why I was doing that trying to think. But yeah. It just. In terms of trying to get me invested in the product. It's now reached a point where they clearly. Do not know where they're going with this. And they're wasting my time with it. And either move on to the next story beat. Or just get rid of it. If you don't know what you're going to do with it. That's the world I'm used to currently. You're in a you're in a period where things are changing. And improving. And maybe that's part of why. You're not dropping it after four weeks. But there's no direction. As in this feels like a thing. That might have gotten drop, dropped after four weeks. Like the hacker. Like the Smackdown hacker. <laughs> that just got dropped. Uh, or like a million things in 2019. Because that's like the worst year for it. It's just. Does it pass the four week test when it just gets cancelled? And this feels like after the four weeks, it's not got dropped, but it's not progressing. It's not going anywhere. It's just the same thing week after week. And they're just conveniently uh, the, its convenient chaos, which is not, you know, it's a bit of a oxymoron. <laughs> it doesn't really match or make sense. Uh, anyway, that's in the show. But, but overall, like, I generally enjoyed more this week, which it's after all of that, <laughs> I enjoyed the show. Like a jam, a damn well, damn well strong, a damn strong main event that genuinely flowed well. Uh, it, 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 it's it's an odd one. It for me it flowed well, but the reason it did was because of the three singles matches and because of the main event, uh, and the segments in between. I didn't really care for that much, but because of the structure of the show, they were over quick enough that they then moved on to something I did care about. Yeah, the third hour For me, the third hour, which has normally got the most raw underground and it's got the most recapping segments and things, for me, the third hour is the one that I struggle with the most and I'm using the skip button more and more frequently. There's it's, it's a lot of stuff in that third hour. Like they know, people are tuned out by then. So, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to the show. Again, uh, raw rating. Uh, it, it flowed in spite of me not caring for a lot of it. That's my rating this week. But that's a massive improvement on last week. where This week, there were, I've, I've counted the segments. There were only nine segments. I guess technically ten if you include like Raw Underground as like a separate kind of thing. I only count Raw Underground once on this show, even though they came back to it. Uh, but I guess technically that makes it ten. But last week was like 13, 14. So still, that's sort of an improvement. And that they were just like short segments, which then turned the other segments into their own shorter segments so it's just like so quick and rapid and things happening so for me that's just not a good show this week just more time to to stuff and the fact they gave it to the main event this meant it ended on such a good note even if it was kind of full of stuff so yeah anyway that is the end of the show thank you for paying attention to this and obviously this week if you've been following WWE you will be aware that NXT airs tonight or right now. I need to finish because like, if anybody <laughs> wants to jump over to NXT and I want to go to bed so I don't see any spoilers as I'm putting out the final promotions for this. So I will be back tomorrow night for the NXT review, for the NXT Super Tuesday review, for the Chicken Tuesday, for the super for the special chicken <laughs> offer. The red font they put on the promotion last week was like for the, it reminded me of the, like spicy chicken adverts. So spicy chicken Tuesday. <laughs> so, spicy chicken Tuesday. Yeah, I'll be back tomorrow for, with my chicken. <laughs> it's happening, I'm having chicken. I've hyped it up too much. And so I'll be back the, tomorrow with the NXT review. And I will also be doing a North Bay media Aftershock for AEW All Out this Saturday. Still working out if I'll be joined by anybody. Uh, but I'll be, immediately after the show, I'll be live whilst the birds are chirping in the trees and my eyes are blurry, unable to read the notes. Normally with AEW, I don't make anywhere near as much notes and I'll, be, I'll just talk a lot more off the cuff. Uh, but still, I'll be there for Aftershock for All Out. And with that, I say thank you for listening. Please uh, like, subscribe, five stars on iTunes or whatever you thing you're listening to We're on all, all the different podcast outlets. Uh, I, I know a lot of people listen to us on Google and for some reason on Safari, <laughs> on their Apple. Uh, that's what the data says. Uh, anyway, with that, I say thank you for listening and I bid you adieu. I'm rambling on a bit. Adios. <sighs>